0: What's up, friends? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me on this lovely Sunday. Man, have we got a show for you. Uh, we go all over all kinds of subjects. Uh, we go over all kinds of categories. But not only that, we are giving you the winner of the Creator of the Year Award. So, uh, before we get into any of that, which is awesome, we, I, Quinn and I had a great conversation, um, just going over everything, analyzing everything, breaking everything down, and it was, it was just great conversation. But before we get into that, I want to sh- give a big th- uh, thank you to the supporters of the podcast, uh, Charm City Paintball. If you guys are in the game, well, obviously, you're in the game. But if you are looking for some uh, awesome headgear, whether it be a headband or a head wrap or anything like that, make sure you head over to Charm City on paint, Charm City Paintball on Facebook or Instagram, and you can find all of his works over there. He's been hand sewing all of these amazing custom headbands um, for a while now, for a few years now and he the, the quality is amazing uh, the, the product that he puts out is just bar none one of the best in the game and it's it's amaz- it's all made by one guy and that's why sometimes it might be a little slow getting out the door with some of the product because it's one guy doing all this but he the, the like I said before man the quality is just is cannot be touched and what he does is simply awesome the support that he gives to players and and people in the community is amazing um so please go over and support uh some paintball give some paintball love to uh Mike at Charm City and let him know that Carl from the Playing on Podcast sent you over there also another big shout out to Melavio the amazing CBD company that I have been working with for a few years now uh, They are currently having a few sales going on, but another great thing about uh, having a podcast and collaborating is you get to do a little promotion yourself. So we are doing a 15% off your entire order when you use the promo code, capital T-P-O-P. So your whole cart will be 15% off. And you can choose anything from, uh, they have CBD coffee, Dog treats, your dog will approve of it. Uh, pet oils, green tea, honeys, uh, which is great because a lot of the, uh, or actually, believe all of the money accumulated from the CBD it goes towards the uh, the veterans. And then they also have the capsules, they have the salve, they have gummies, they have the tinctures. Uh, I'm a big fan. You guys probably heard me really glorify the salve. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's an amazing thing. Uh, it really helps with the, uh, the, the joints and the muscle pain after a practice or just a long walk down the street. <laughs> but it works. It's amazing. I promise you it's uh, it's really great stuff. And I've been using it ever since I teamed up with them. And, uh, it's just great, man. I use the tincture also in the morning, um, just a little bit before I sip on some coffee. Out of my Melavio mug which is very very nice um, but yeah they did great work make sure you check them out mellove and uh, you can check out all of their amazing products over there thank you to Melavio and Charm City all right now onward upward to the reveal well first the conversation and then the reveal of Creator of the Year for the iconic awards. Uh, a big shout out too before we get into it to uh, to Quinn for really putting in the hours and the time and the effort in making this thing happen. So make sure you give him a shout out and a uh, and some credit for this because if it wasn't for him and we'd we we would not have. First of all, we wouldn't have this platform to be able to do this, Uh, meaning we we just wouldn't have the Iconic Awards, we wouldn't have it, so make sure you give them a shout out, but also to everybody listening and to everybody who is creating, playing, involved in the sport, keep going, you know, this community is not, it's big, but it's not that big, we need to keep growing, we need to keep doing things to put paintball in a positive light and we need to keep grinding and just uh making it all count man you know we all sacrifice so much for the game and that's why it obviously means so much to us because you know we love it so much and uh so everybody just keep at it and uh who knows maybe one day you'll see your name up here uh on one of these categories so i'm done blabbing here is the podcast for the iconic awards creator of the year with Quinn and I. Enjoy. Yeah, that would be uh that'd be interesting. And they're out of they're out of where? The East Coast? Yeah, like Virginia area. Gotcha. I think
1: uh they kinda play like near where Pev's is in Virginia. Okay. They have a facility out there, so
0: they kind of came out of the woodwork, I feel a little bit with um, with their their play. Like I've I've heard of them, but I feel like they really have started to kind of come into their own. Um, you know, much like the story of of you know level.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think it's just. I mean, the guys have. I think this is like their fourth or fifth year with the same exact roster now, and I feel like eventually, you know. Shit just kind of starts to work, and they had a couple guys that kind of got good all of a sudden. So yeah,
0: that always helps.
1: <laughs> yeah, they had this kid in the snake that's like he was horrible all year, and then suddenly just like got it. Found out how to play, and he's like he literally gets
0: like eighty percent of their kills. It's inordinate. It's crazy how that light that that switch just like flips sometimes, where it's like you're just you know you're you're plateauing, you're trying to figure shit out, and then all of a sudden like you know, the, the Forrest Gump leg braces fall off and you're like,
1: <laughs> I feel <laughs> yeah. like so much of it was playing snake too. Is like, you kind of hit that moment where like your whole life, you're like, Oh, I can never make this spot or this spot, you know, just cause you assume the lanes will be there. And eventually you get to the point of just like, fuck them. Like, I'm just going to go do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I kind
1: of feel like that's where that kid, that Danny kid has gotten where he just goes and goes and doesn't really care. So.
0: And I think that's, you know, I, I think, mentally a snake player has to be so mentally tough on the side of being able to have this uh, this forgetful memory as far as like you're dude you're gonna get shot off the break like you yeah. are the risk that we're taking but you also have to be this this fully rounded well rounded player to be able to play any situation and and any speed once you get in, whether it is keep going, if it is, or slow it down, uh, you know, read the situation and then really kind of assess from there. But you're going to get shot a couple times out the break um, in a row and then you're going to have to go out and the next time make your spot and fucking shoot everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: I think uh, that's like what's weird with mouse this past year is it's like he's almost afraid to get shot in the sense of like he sees how valuable he is on the field now. That like he's kind of not as as effective now because he just like doesn't play that one spot. He's do you think like, so it's worried about getting shot. Do you
0: think it's it, it's it's more of a mental thing on 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 himself, or do you think it's maybe a, uh, or do you think it's like a team thing? Like like do you think he trusts his team as much?
1: Yeah, I, don't, I certainly think his. I think their coaching certainly is kind of a part of it as well. I mean, it seems like from what I can pick up watching them in the pits and stuff, their strategy is basically like, hey, Mouse, you know, go figure some shit out. That's kind of where it ends. Mm -hmm. And it's very odd. And I think he has so much weight to succeed now for them that he's like so afraid to get shot and, you know, everything else you worry about when you're in the snake. So you see him playing those corners a lot more and the God a lot more instead of doing his normal like punch down the field and shoot
0: everybody thing do you think he's got maybe some hidden injuries
1: i don't know man i mean he's a pretty crazy freak athlete so yeah you know even if he was injured i don't know how much that would affect him but
0: true
1: i know. Mean, i feel like there's guys like you and him you're just like solidly built athletes so i don't really think injuries are a huge thing but you know i guess you never know maybe yeah. It's just weird seeing him play at event, and he just, like, almost never goes to the snake off break. It's so odd.
0: Yeah, that's – yeah, this – at Cup, he was more what? He was going, like – corner, like Corners,
1: right? playing the two, playing, like, kind of those center bunkers and bumping out. Like, and
0: Spicka was going ra- up front,
1: right? Yeah, rarely. I don't think I saw him really going to the snake at all, and I don't really think Spicka is – you know, he's nowhere near as good as what Mouse is, so – Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. They got to figure something out because that roster is just just getting worse and worse.
0: It feels like, and you know. Well, f- fuck was it? Yeah, dude, they, would, weren't they undefeated in uh, at World Cup until semis? Yeah, they. Didn't, or not semis they, quarters.
1: Yeah, they actually dropped. I think like three or four total points. Like, yeah the entire time like they were just killing everybody but I don't know it's great right when they get against good teams it's all of a sudden they play like a way different game and they have like they basically have Brandon Cornell he's like the only one that's actually going out and attacking now and everyone else just kind of sits and does nothing so I don't know I think some of it too is they don't have a guy like how like Rainey was either
0: mm-hmm. like they
1: need like when they had Rainey they had that guy they could kind of just go try shit because he would kind of hold everything together but yeah they don't have that because they kind of try to make you know A Rod that guy, but that's just not
0: who he is. I don't know if A Rod has the attitude that Rainey does. I think he has. Yeah, the, has I think to... he has the playability, but I don't know if he has this. I don't even know what you call it. But I was I was watching Rainey just through throughout the tournament, and and then all you know into finals and how the play styles and everything tighten up. And I think when, when Rainey gets on Sunday, man, he something else releases in him where it's like this this fuck you just like attitude towards everyone he's playing against. <laughs> like it doesn't matter yeah. if it's the nicest guy in the world that you're like playing against. He will overshoot you, get in your face, make you make you know that he's the one overshooting you, and just very much play this mental side that uh tends to fuck with people
1: yeah for sure yeah I don't know I mean a Rod's just a super mellow guy and I don't know they kind of misuse him on that roster so I think that's kind of has hurt them as well because I think they kind of just think he's on the field he's kind of like a be-all-end-all offensive source but then they kind of use him as like a shooter off the break a lot now and yeah he's not really playing the deep middle like he used to in the same way so I don't know I just feel like that roster is really weird right now they have insane talent but it's just it's weird how they apply it.
0: Who do you think, since we're talking about that, who do you think right now in the league and on what team, um, what player is the most unutilized player out there right now? In terms of like...
1: How, uh, Probably LJ Parrish. He is really, really good, and he gets used like very odd. I think some of that comes to he has a lot of weight on his shoulders to basically be the entire offense for the Ironmen. Mm. Um, but I don't know. He just... They use him weird because then like we we got to see him play with impact at the uh, the Golden State Open. That's and right. he, they I mean they just used him as a pure snake and he just dominated everybody. Yeah. And I just think that's where his role is where you just kind of let him go to work and do his thing um, instead of putting all this pressure on him to do all these jobs or make these crazy spots and things like that. Um, I would definitely say LJ and then, you know – I don't know. I mean, there's certainly other guys out there. I think like a lot of it, you kind of look at like Dynasty is always a good example for guys like that, just because they have so much talent. There's naturally going to be a guy that kind of takes a backseat to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as weird as it is, like Ryan was almost kind of that guy this year, um, in a sense that like, if he's on any other team, he's like, by far and away, like the guy getting 40, 50% of the kills. Mm-hmm like just dominating but he just doesn't need to do that on dynasties so i guess in that role he's a little underutilized but you know they don't need him to do that
0: i think ryan has become more of this uh you know i guess taking the term utility i think he's Mm -hmm. been a giant pretty much this player who can really do anything on the field um and maybe that is the sense of the, the underutilization, because he really does kind of play everywhere. He doesn't have this really kind of solid side or solid area that he plays, because he really gets thrown to the wolves like wherever that particular oh, yeah. style of player is needed. You know what I mean? So maybe, that's, maybe he doesn't have that solidified uh, positional logo or, or title, Um, And maybe that's why it seems like he's underutilized. But I think he's been more of a utility player this year and, you know, and even taking it into cup last year than I'd say in a a long time.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of the burden of greatness in a sense is once you get so good at everything, you kind of just become the guy that all the specialists kind of go out and do the things they want to do on the field. And then you're just kind of stuck with like, Hey, here's what's left. Go mm-hmm. do this. You know what I mean?
0: But he does it so well, right? Uh, it's, yeah. it's almost, it's almost not a burden at that point because they know that, <clears throat> excuse me, they know that to him, he's, he's going to figure it out. I mean, whatever yeah, it is, sure. where it, whether it be, hold that zone, fill the gap, um, you know, secondary over whatever it may be. Um, Dude, he's just.
1: Well, I honestly think that's where a lot of their success came from this year is having him in a spot where he doesn't have the burden of like doing a job all the time. Like if Mm -hmm. he just can sit and break stuff down, like you're fucked. Like, yeah, he's going to figure it out, find a hole and move everything around to make it work. Um, And I think that's honestly why they're so good, because he can just diagnose, you know, right away what's going on and fill a gap. Or you know, shoot a zone close or just whatever he has to do. Whereas like if you were just saying like, hey, you're the two on the D side, I think that limits him a little bit because he's kind of, hey, I have a job before I can do these things. You know what I mean? And
0: and the thing with Ryan is he hits his shots.
1: Oh yeah, all the
0: time. Dude, I've I've well one I've been a victim of that but, but uh watching him and watching the finals and, and and watching him this year dude he just he has a hard time missing and it's oh yeah and
1: it's like this it's those shots that like when you're playing it's like you get those short little burst moments where you just see like the corner of a guy's elbow as he goes through a gap mm-hmm. and like he's always hitting those shots it's just wild
0: the clutch kills that's what, that's what yeah. I like to call, you know, the the clutch moment and the clutch kills is where Ryan really excels. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's going to be a really good little paintball player eventually. <laughs> Kid's got a bright future. <laughs>
1: he's got a bright future. Honestly, with the roster they have, like, he could do what he's doing now for like another decade probably just because he kind of has a crew of people now that go out and cause a bunch of damage and he just rolls through, cleans up with a high IQ and gets off the field. So,
0: yeah. There's so many guys on that, you know, those, those major three, the, the, the legendary three that they have between Alex, Ryan and, and Yosh, they just, they have that, right? They just have this, this aura about them and just this orderly, um, persistent kind of just, I don't know what to call it, man. This dynasty kind of just, uh, aura that, Yeah just breeds hard work and and dedication and and loyalty and um you know i i think the program is you know back on its feet again not that it well you know it has been knocked down and and i think they've been really trying to find their solid uh you know solid ground again solid feet a solid roster um and yeah because i mean if you think about it you know
1: obviously it's you know You can't ever be crazy and be like, oh, you know, like they, you know, they really found themselves again because obviously they've always been good. Yeah. But I mean, really, if you look at like all the roster hits they took with guys getting signed away and, you know, losing guys to other teams, like no other team could have survived that while also having their, you know, their core best players aging, you know, more Mm. and more every single year. I mean, what what other team can see like Tyler walk away, Mouse walk away, A-Rod walk away, Ollie retire. Like these are some of the best ever. And they've yeah. just endured all of it and found a way. So I think they just – I don't know. They've, they're really good at breeding, like, guys who buy into the program. Like, I think with a lot of teams, you still always kind of have those guys with that attitude of, like, you know, they're there, they're playing, but, like, you know, some stuff might seem silly to them or this. Like, everyone on the team just, like, buys into every little thing of what Dynasty is. I think that's why it works.
0: And you think of some of the pickups that they've had and how they've – worked out i mean obviously they've had some that they've tried to, to pick up and and have not come to fruition but you think about these maybe in their eyes they're not so random obviously because they scouted them out and picked them out yeah. but to the layman to the to the fan you see some of the pickups and you're like that's kind of that's kind of odd and then it works out and then it's like another pickup well i didn't see that coming but oh, and then that works out you know just like uh you you know your arena um Arturo. Art, mm-hmm. um, You know, and uh, even... I mean, hey, they just picked up this kid Damian from uh, our team out here on the
1: East Coast. And, and I yeah, mean, he's going to be he's like exactly the type of guy that's going to thrive on that team. Like he just listens, he survives and he gets down the field. And that's like basically all they need out of a young guy. So,
0: yeah. How? Ha- do you know the story of how would have they been watching him or did he, did he like contact them to try out? Or?
1: Yeah. So he, uh, I mean, he's been in playing semi-pro with the newbies here for a couple years now. Uh, but he also plays down in the Mexican X-Ball league with a couple other pros like Joe Barrett. Uh, I think he played with Harrison at one point. Um, and obviously like, his team down there wins a lot so he's gotten some notoriety there mm-hmm. uh, and then he actually moved out to the west coast not too long ago and he was practicing around like ASG and all the fields dynasties at and you know they just kind of quickly noticed him and they heard about him through the grapevine you know i did my best i could to talk him up and spread the word <laughs> and you know it just you know he's a good kid and he's really really good at playing so you know naturally it's going to work out for you
0: it's it's always great to hear those stories man of seeing people come up and get noticed and um just because i I, you know i was part of it you know i was was one of those stories and it's just cool to hear things happening like that because it's like with paintball we don't have that that whole like uh getting publicly scouted and then getting uh publicly drafted and then this and there's a bunch of hype and this and that no it's this is all like behind the scenes shit that happens in this uh in this community and it's um it's it's still this cool little backstory
1: Dude, man. It was like they saw this guy on like a lower division team and they're like, holy shit, that guy's really good. How do we get that guy on our team?
0: (laughs) Well, first it was really fast. And then the the goodness eventually happened. But you you have to just kind of work with your strengths. Right. And eventually, you know, figure it out. And that confidence builds. And then, uh, you know, pretty, you know, just surround yourself with a bunch of great players and then see what happens.
1: Yeah, shit will work out, and if it doesn't, you get a good reputation at least, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, so uh, let's let's start talking iconic. Yeah, man,
1: I uh, we got the awards rolling now, and uh, we've got got a couple categories out already. It's been uh, we've been getting good feedback so far. I mean, I know for. the big thing in paintball has always been like the kind of thing behind stats has always been kind of one of the things hampering it where there's no kind of like tangible way to look at a guy and say like he's the best at this or he's the best at this Mm -hmm. and like i think i've mentioned this to you before but that's kind of the approach i wanted to take with this was like Having some sort of structured actual system being judged by guys who are watching, you know, basically every single point of the season yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, going through and deciding, hey, this guy was the best snake player. This guy was the best Dorito player, just kind of giving the notoriety and story to all that, um, you know, and I always thought that's again, that's something that's been missing for a while and I'm going to hopefully keep trying to expand on it. But um, I mean, what have you kind of thought so far? I mean, we've had what, like the creator of the year, innovator of the year. Uh, We announced the Coach of the Year nominees yesterday. Um, I know you as a creator. I mean, what were your thoughts uh, on the guys we're kind of looking at for that?
0: I think it's great, man. I think there's – and on top of it, I think it's so – has to be so difficult on your part and everybody else who is – has a word in it because there are so many uh, great creators. There's so many great innovators, players, teams, um, products – there's, there's so and to narrow it down to the five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah. Um, for each distinct subject matter is like, man, that's, that's a tall order.
1: Yeah, it's kind of brutal. Um, I started the process, um, like right before Chicago to start narrowing kind of names down, and kind of the process I took was I basically picked you know, like the 30-ish or so guys for every single category where I'm like, these are the guys that potentially have a shot at, you know, getting a nomination or potentially winning this award. And then from there, I just like endlessly discuss this stuff with like Maddie Marshall, uh, Rich, Hinman, pro players, other coaches, just anyone and everybody that has, you know, any kind of insightful kind of opinion on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just get all the extra little details on this or that, or maybe kind of flaw in this guy that another guy doesn't have. Uh, but it's certainly brutal because, I mean, a lot of times all you think, I've gotten down to where I've said this is my perfect list like 10 times. <laughs> and then you kind of get hit with that, oh, shit, how did I forget this guy thing? And then you yep. start the whole process over again. Um, and that's been uh, – I mean you've kind of seen the list. Um, so you've seen even now to this point there's still categories where I'm still like ardently discussing some of these guys with Maddie and other kind of people that are – or, you know, unbiased but watch a lot of games and just really dialing it in. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's kind of too why when I did the judging, I wanted to make it, um, you know, just more than myself picking this. Um, I wanted to do the board uh, kind of because then everyone gets a score and we kind of average everything out. So, you know, there can't be one person that comes in that kind of brigades or biases a certain award a certain way. You know yeah. what I mean? Or they just might like this guy because they played with him 10 years ago or something.
0: Um, <laughs> He's a nice guy. So nice guy award.
1: <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised how far that gets you uh, a lot of the times <laughs> yeah, if you nice. That's true. But hey, I was uh, I was joking around, too. This year's been tough, too, because uh, Dynasty, man, they made the awards tough because it's like I feel like every category you could argue one of their guys is a potential winner for it. So, yeah, I didn't want it to just turn into the San Diego Dynasty Awards, but they made it tough this year for sure. So,
0: yeah, I mean, they have they won half of the events. <laughs> yeah, so they I'm did saying. it all
1: dominantly. And then, uh, I mean, heck, you have a guy too uh, I, me and Maddie were joking around with this. like you have a guy like Alex Goldman. It's hard to not turn this into like the iconic awards featuring Alex Goldman because he's like so good at everything, you Mm -hmm. know, there's five, six categories you can make an argument like, hey, he should probably win this category too. Yeah, You know what I mean? You got to kind of try to start finding those lines where, you know, hey, we're only going to put him in this one and this one and, you know, maybe not this one and. Yeah, it's certainly been a grind, man. I've probably put, you know, a thousand hours into it. I feel like at this point, between all the conversations and writing and throwing stuff out, starting over, and you know, but uh, it's definitely exciting, man. Uh, all the uh, the headbands we're doing with Hormesis to kind of go along with the trophies and everything—they're finally coming in in a couple days, which oh, I think right. people really like those, and I'm really excited to see uh, what people will do with them. I mean, what do you think? Do you think? Uh, if you were still playing and you won one of them for these awards, would it be something you'd pretty much keep forever? Or are you looking to sell it for a quick buck?
0: Dude, the retail on these are stupid. It's, it's <laughs> like, I was I'm in this Hormesis group just out of sheer curiosity of how much money people are spending on these headbands. It's don't wild. get don't get me wrong. Like the for me the the price and the value of of something comes down to how much an individual puts on a certain thing for me like um the one that was gifted to me was like it meant a lot to me right mm-hmm. um the, everything behind it and i might not wear it on my head but i threw it on my pack which i already i talked to alex about which is still like on me and like out That's and present
1: though, man. You're the and,
0: the, guy. and the pac-man guy um because i also respect a lot uh charm city and, and his quality product and, and what he does and i've been working with him forever but um but it that comes down to what we were talking about right we just uh, uh a value on something and i think I'm, I'm glad that people enjoy them but i really hope and i think alex said the same thing i really hope that people take out of this um more of what they stand what they're standing for and what they're making the headbands about rather yeah. than what they can do a quick flip um f- for them because they are such a hot commodity, mm-hmm. but anyway, back to the main question uh I would most certainly uh keep it and wear it and wash it with care and uh and just have it as this I don't know why people are selling it. It's ridiculous. Well, I understand why people are selling them, but it's it's a weird world of retail that's just in, insane sometimes. Because people don't really they don't yeah. they don't attach to it maybe as much as I do.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think a lot of the crazy prices kind of come from that. Um, and to me, I think a lot of people could see some of these wild numbers and kind of like gawk at them and say like, "How could you spend that?" Uh, but to me, I think that kind of shows the power of these stories and how they really affect people's lives. Mm. I mean, there's bands out there that might have been, you know, dedicated towards a certain player or, you know, period of time in the game. And like, that's an area that impacted someone so much that they're willing to go out and say, I'll spend, you know, a thousand dollars on that. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, yeah. have, uh, I mean, like this here, this is the dreamy band. I have literally gotten people offer me three thousand dollars for this thing, and I've said no just because this means a lot to me. So I would never want to sell it. Um, But you know, there's people out there that are willing to spend that much because you know there might have been an impact that Marcus had on them in their life, and you know, they it serves as kind of a reminder of that to them. You know,
0: or they think they can flip it for six
1: perfect yeah they might do that too which is cool too i guess but yeah
0: yeah it's uh Um, yeah i'm really
1: really hoping people don't sell them the ones they get for the uh, awards i'm kind of hoping it's something where like next season they wear them then to kind of show like i'm the top dog in the snake or i'm the top dog in the dreeders or whatever it may be you know kind Mm -hmm. of as like a war trophy more than anything but i guess time will tell
0: i think that's what alex wants too is he want he just wants people to wear them and enjoy Yeah, and well and i'm sure oliver too but uh I, that's more or less what I'm getting out of it. It's just it, he wants people to enjoy the product, and hopefully, it means something to, to somebody, and not just a price tag. Um, because you know what, I think if they did think that it was it was something like that, they would they would be selling them for three, four, five hundred dollars a piece, um, whereas they're selling them for what a buck twenty, eighty bucks. You know. Yeah,
1: sometimes they're like as cheap as like eighty five bucks. I feel like. But...
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, I you know I I feel the same way. I I hope they wear them. I hope they enjoy them. Um it's cool that they did a collab with you. Uh with the Yeah,
1: boyfriend. I was excited about it. I was uh nervous to ask them about it, but uh you know, he was all on board for it. He was super helpful with everything and they came up with a really cool, kind of unique design for it. So uh I think people really like them. I think once they all get in, I'll kind of start I don't know. I've kind of I haven't decided if I want to reveal them or just kind of you know, award them to everybody and they can kind of do with as they please as almost like an exclusive kind of club for the guys that have them. But,
0: yeah. you know what I mean? So. You'll have to send me a picture though. So I can oh, sure. sneak peek. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't... Um... I think so far, I mean, there's uh, everything's with the awards have been. I've gotten really good feedback on everything. I mean, you obviously have those guys. I've gotten the messages where they want to ardently argue about why this guy should have been in instead of this guy, and you know, to me, I enjoy that. I love the conversations behind it because I always learn something new about a guy I might not have known beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's been super fun so far. what do you think um like say like we're talking an easy one like we were, we had coach of the year come out yesterday. Um yeah. I think a lot of people right away want to just jump in for what would be, you know, a fairly obvious front runner which would be Kevin Bredthauer from Dynasty. Mhm. Um but you know, y- y- you look at what constitutes a coach. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just necessarily winning events. I mean, you have a guy like Mike Hinman. I mean, look what he did in a year. He took aftermath from literally like basically the worst team in the league on the verge of getting relegated to a top eight team in a year you know i mean what do you think
0: yeah and that's what i'm doing right now i'm i'm, I'm scrolling through and seeing everything um i'm looking at uh, your website and everything and just just even looking at the pictures of the guys like because you you forget you're like yeah dude kevin Brethauer, skinny uh skinny k you have travis Lomansky, todd martinez mike hinman i mean these are like hard hitters in the game ryan brandt Um, Yeah. And I love them
1: because they're all so uniquely different. Like they all have such a different coaching style or kind of little nuances to what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you look at a guy like Ryan, he is just a pure like X's and O strategist. Then you have a guy like Travis who just like, endlessly scouts every single team and finds any little hole in kind of their game plan that he can just attack, attack, attack. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where you get this style they've come up with where they're so aggressive because they're just so well-prepared and scouted coming in. They just know every spot they can attack. And then you have, you know, Hinman, who's kind of this, you know, builder and developer kind of coach where it's not so much X's and O's and more, you know, pulling the greatness out of these guys they don't know they have, you know. There's so much uniqueness to them.
0: Yeah. And then, and then look at skinny K you have somebody who is managing all of these, you know, personalities and, and, and career legendary players and being able to manage that and, and successfully, uh, move them forward. And,
1: uh, Yeah. I mean, you gotta think that's probably the hardest job in professional paper right now is skinny K's job. I mean, it takes a, a tough dude to come in and Ryan Greenspan tells you you're wrong and you're willing to you know tell him no, shut up we're doing it this way you know what I mean mm-hmm. that's arguably the best player ever um, so you know I imagine it's tough you know coaching that group at times because they're they're very vocal and passionate and they have super high IQ guys in that team so
0: you know what he's done is amazing and then you have the the personalities and the mindsets that uh, Tom Martinez has to deal with. You know some of the greatest players in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, fuck man, that's a tough one too, dude. Just yeah. thinking about it, it's like these guys are just legends in the game, and like you said, have such a different coaching style that it's it's really hard to really pinpoint um, anyone because because Ryan, I mean, look at what X Factor's done in the last few years. Uh, obviously, with Ryan or with Kevin. Um, what dynasty has done? Uh, consistent top performances from uh, from infamous with Travis. You have Todd Martinez who went from winning an event with uh, with Ironman and then coming over to Houston Heat, winning an event with Houston Heat, and 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 building that team back up. Not that they needed much, but maybe giving them some uh, a little bit more fire. Underneath their asses, um, and then you have Hinman, who, like you, you said it perfectly, drawing out this greatness that in these players that they didn't know they had, or they that they didn't know how to really harness and control, and really bring that out, and and have performances like they've had. Excuse me. And I love um,
1: Hinman too because uh, you look at a lot of coaches and they're fairly static uh, with their styles in a sense, like. There's some coaches out there that the way they coached 10, five years ago, whatever their style was, it's fairly similar now. Hinman is like so fluid just based on what his roster is and their abilities. And you don't see that a lot in paintball to where, like, I mean, X factor historically back in the day was a fairly aggressive, kind of in your face program. But now he kind of realized, hey, my roster's kind of really centered more around defensive play and grinding teams down. And I think it takes a very talented coach to be able to kind of move between these styles and still find success.
0: Yeah. And with the players that he has, man, he's, he is building that crew. And, um, yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're, I, I give them, uh, a a year year and a half or a couple a couple players and if not one player and i think Mm -hmm. that they're going to be uh a lot more a lot more comfortable on sunday
1: i mean what do you think uh, like with travis and infamous they kind of have a little bit of that uh that echoing kind of style of the Excessive vs. Dynasty days uh, with you guys. I mean, they're basically in that same spot now. I mean, they had a year where they were just short all season long. I mean, they've dropped Mm -hmm. the finals in Florida by, you know, essentially one bad move, lost in that event. Then they came into Chicago. Again, same thing, got knocked out in semifinals and just barely missed it. Then came into World Cup and just barely missed the finals again. And they're just you know, that's a tough
0: situation. I feel like they keep getting so, so close. I don't want to say, I don't want to say that next year is really kind of the, the tipping point, but I feel like something has to change and it's something obviously minor, right? Mm -hmm. Something has to be, there has to be a a minute change, um, somewhere. I'm not saying it's uh, it's personnel. I'm not saying it's coaching style. I'm, I'm, you know honestly probably saying it's just that that 1% of being able to make you know decision making on the field um and just being in the right place at the right time or 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 I, it's tough to really kind of pinpoint what it is but i feel like it's just some kind of maybe mental error um that might be holding them back because obviously they can keep up with everybody i mean that's mm-hmm. a no brainer um but what i think needs to happen is just something mentally uh and and i think also they've been ones to really kind of get the penalties uh yeah, i feel sure. too. they've they've had in big moments too in, and and on top of that in big moments and uh i think that's the thing that just needs to kind of be tweaked and if that does happen i think you're going to see them on the podium
1: yeah yeah, that'll be. Um, I'm excited to see for sure uh, what adjustments they're going to make. You know, I mean, they lost Greg uh, to retirement. I yeah. mean, that's a big piece. He did a lot of damage for them on the Dorito side in middle this year. Um, you know, and that roster's certainly not getting younger. So I'm quite interested yeah. to see if they go out and sign somebody. You know, if they kind of move their personnel around a little bit, I guess we'll kind of see.
0: Right. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, fuck yeah. And we have to go through the offseason. So we're not even really into the off season yet. and uh, There's
1: already been huge shit going on.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure right around the corner before Christmas hits, there's going to be some little gifts happening to uh, all these little different teams. And it's going to be uh, 2022, man. It's going to be interesting. That's for sure.
1: If you could see one move happen for 2022, any move, it could be Ryan Greenspan going to Houston Heat. It could be anything. What would it be?
0: I don't think on that side I don't I I think dynasty is set I think they're I think they're going to work with what they have obviously it's working Um, even with the addition uh, I you know I I think they're going to work with what they have but I would like to see one I'd like to see Columbus level um, in my side my little town I would like to see them maybe add uh, some experience and I'm not just saying that cause it's, I'm the closest one or, but, but I'm saying say I'd really
1: like LVL <laughs> to just really pay a veteran to come in here and just, just bring the experience. Not, not, not just that. I, I feel like, um, in no way Honestly, am no, I... I, know what you, I know what you mean. I mean, you're just, they need a guy that's done it before to show yes. them how to do it. Cause that's, I mean, it's fine to have events like they did in Chicago and find success. But like when you get in the top four against these hitters, like you need a guy that knows how to handle that, and they just you don't have that, and you really can't learn how to do it in this league with as
0: difficult as it is. You got to bring it in. Somebody, so I don't know if you if you watched the um, it was the GI World Cup video, and I'm not. I want to give a shout out to whoever did it. Um, yeah, whoever, uh, whoever sh- uh,
1: CJ Canner did it.
0: Th- oh, that was CJ. Yeah, he's doing dude.
1: crazy videos now like CJ I, didn't know, I is... had no idea he had that talent like amazing videos the last couple of events
0: I wish I remember him making a video for aftershock when we were practicing and it was the editing the mute the, everything was Was amazing and it does not honestly surprise me that that was CJ because of the quality of work and everything he does Not only is he a nasty paintball player, dude He he is a nasty videographer and editor, and producer, and does great work. Um, Hats off, CJ. Big shout out. Uh, But if you watch that, it was mostly in X-Factor's pits. And what I really liked to see was the interactions that Ryan and Meter had. Mm -hmm. I think that really showed a, a very grounded dynamic that they had to where they could, even in situations where it was dire... It was very calm, it was very to the point and i I think that's something that one thing that level needs is somebody to be able to um help Robbie out and 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 kind of be that uh that kind of experienced guy and uh and I think that that would help them out a lot um something else another move I would like to see um I would like to see. I'd, I'd like to see what Infamous does to fill that Greg spot. Uh, I don't know what they have in yeah, mind. or Yeah, that's a tough market.
1: I mean, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that's a Dorito side guy that would be you know quote unquote available right now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Travis has built a hell of a business, so I'm sure they have a little bit of money to move around. Yeah, he's good at
0: finding um, at finding uh, <laughs> things to fill the gap with. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ML Kings, I feel like came out of the woodwork too, and and I I will be honest, I, I know zero about those guys. Um, the more and I more I Sunday. watch them
1: this year, man, like the more and more stuff you learn, the crazier it is. Like you know, first. You kind of start digging in. You see, like you know, the big names right away they have, which would be Kyle Berry and Greg Montavo. You know, just because they've been either guys that were really recognizable players in the past, with Kyle on Damage, or a guy like Greg who's just on YouTube everywhere. Um, you know, he's been doing his channel forever there, so he's pretty recognized. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the rest of their roster is just a bunch of guys you never heard of. Um, I mean, one of our breakout players of the year, Louis Bettencourt, on their team. I mean, this this guy was literally playing D4 like a year ago. That's insane. And He is now like going toe to toe in the sink with like good players at World Cup, and he was doing really well. So, um, it's it, they have an interesting dynamic because I find myself asking, like, well, what changed that suddenly these guys got good? You know what I mean? They don't really have like a definitive coach on that team, really. They don't have some, you know, a big elite pool of talent. So, Mm
0: -hmm. they're an
1: interesting team.
0: Yeah, man. I, (sighs) the learning curve. I feel like has shortened so much on, you know, seeing guys develop and perform. And I think that's another thing what uh, a lot of people kind of say, the, the, the status of the players now is, is so high Uh, because I think that that learning curve has just shortened up so much to where people it's, it's shortened and it's spiked to where, you know, it's, it's like, it's a very short amount of time. They've gotten very good. And, um, at least, yeah. You know what th-
1: man? We talked about this on the last show. Like, it went from when we grew up playing, like most guys couldn't even dive or shoot left handed, and now it's like the kids will be out in their second day and they're doing that all at like a high level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't know. You know, I've I've preached for years that it was like, you know, you're throwing this tournament marker into a kid's hands and they can do anything. But obviously, trying to get them to learn the basics before they can, you know, the gun does everything for them is yeah. is huge. But if you can get somebody like that into a camp where they're really, really learning, and the ML Kings have been around for a minute now, and uh, I've they, they must have, they're doing something right to where they're getting the guys, the reps, and the situational uh, presence that they need to be able to develop into the players that they're obviously coming in to be.
1: Yeah, you want to hear a wild fact about ML Kings that makes you think, wow, I didn't know anything about these guys?
0: What ML you know what stands been,
1: for? No, they've been playing pro either in Europe or the U.S. since 2013. Really? Like, that's so long. Like,
0: I had no idea.
1: Yeah, that's wild. They were playing pro Europe in like 2013, and I'm, it's wild to think because they seem like such a new team, but they've been around for a while.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, I I I did not know that. I mean, what?
1: I think at that time you retired and came back like once or twice in that time period.
0: <laughs> Actually, 13 is when I came back. Oh, Half, yeah. Halfway through 13, that Chicago event, I came back and then retired in 18.
1: Yeah, man, it's been a while, but um yeah, let's talk uh let's talk some other awards stuff.
0: Um For sure. I got it. I'm scrolling through your uh through everything right now. So it's nice to actually have a visual and be able to reference stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean did you uh I know like I kinda mentioned the list. I'm kinda still moving and working uh through some of the stuff. Um, you know, we kinda got to talk a little bit about uh everything. I mean, what do you think? Uh team of the year obviously would be a good discussion to kind of have. And delve into a little more, I think, because um, I think that's a tough one, honestly. Like again, I think you know, dynasty is an obvious choice just because they won two events, they got the season title. But I mean, you know, that's you look at the other side of it again with a team like Infamous. I mean, theoretically, the whole year, if Thomas Taylor doesn't get that penalty in Florida, Infamous wins the season title, has an event win under their belt, and all of a sudden the conversation's a lot different. So.
0: I think that it's a lot I, closer than people think. Dude, I love Thomas. Do not get me wrong. I love Thomas. But he is infamous for getting penalties like that I, I, I mean, at it's, really bad it's, I think bad it's just
1: times. natural to his style, though, and it's kind of one of those things. Uh, it's the kind of dichotomy of Thomas that you accept.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: accept the penalties because he's also going to give you games that he shoots five guys. Oh, you know what I mean? 100%. It's, and you'll take you know two or three penalties in event if the guy's getting you forty kills and you know twenty points.
0: But there there's also a threshold to where it's like, you know, I I enjoy the risk taking. Don't get me wrong. I was one of those guys, but I think there has to there has to be a point where it's like, um, man, you have to know that it's like you're on the verge. At least with a player like Thomas, you have to know that you're getting watched right mm-hmm. and, and 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 guys are watching you with a flag in their hand whether he knows it or not i th- i think that and i think because uh with him having this kind of flag happy play that I, I it's it's tough to be able to i mean it's got to be tough for travis right to be able to put him in these situations knowing that he could go out there and be the hero or he could go out there and get a major and, <laughs> and completely flip the momentum Um Yeah, and it's wild because like you say you look at the uh the Sunshine State major, it's
1: wild to think like the tournament was both won and lost on the same move by Thomas, essentially. I mean they had a game, uh score is they're up two one. Thomas uh they're down bodies, Thomas makes an amazing move through the center, clears everything out, ends up on their side of the field. He had the game's over at that point, essentially. And then he just gets, he goes one step too far. He gets clipped in the side of the pack, tries to take off and take one more with him, and gets the penalty. And then all of a sudden, it's a no point. Impact swings the gate, the next game back, and you know that's the event. And it's it was wild to watch because like you saw that dichotomy of him all in one point. You saw the huge risk taking, uh, you know, to claw his team back, and then
0: you saw the penalties immediately after, you know. See, and that's the tough part, too. As a player, you have to really juggle and try and balance, right? Because you know, you know when you get shot. Um, there, there are a small handful of, of, of times um, and situations where it's just a, like... There's sometimes where you really don't feel the ones on the top of your loader yeah. or, or the tip of your, your pack. If you're moving, if you're stagnant, you're going to feel the hit on your pack. But if you're moving around, you're, you're not going to feel it uh sometimes but um yeah man it, it's it's tough because it's like do you do you take those extra steps and and some of them could be bang bang plays but man if you're on the if you're on the fence with the refs um it's you, sometimes you have to not justify it by maybe taking that extra step and kind of like maybe slowing it down just just a hair um and be able to kind of collaborate and uh go from there
1: yeah uh, for sure but yeah i mean like like we're saying though it kind of it all ties in um you know essentially again that one penalty that's the difference between them maybe being the team of the year or not yeah um so i mean in your opinion like how do you think that race looks for for that um i mean you obviously have the front runners uh, that were all in the season title race between Impact, Dynasty, Heat, Infamous. Um, and then obviously uh, with that late season surge of X Factor, it was hard to not include them um, as a potential nominee. Um, but I really think out of any season I've seen, this is one of the hardest years to really choose this category outright. Because uh, once you kind of start looking past only the wins, it, you know, it gets
0: muddied. Yeah, man, we have, what is it? Impact, Dynasty, Infamous, X Factor, Heat. And you got to think,
1: every team on that list, other than Infamous, all had what you could call a bad event this year. Infamous was pretty consistent through the whole year, um, but basically every other team had a bad event or two even this year.
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. And uh, let's go over, let's go, I'm going to go over quick uh, the winners of the events. Because we had the first, the Sunshine was the first event, right?
1: Yeah, that was Impact uh, in that That late final surge uh, over Infamous. That's right. Uh, And then we went to Philly, and you had Heat Heat. over X Factor in the in that event, I believe. Uh, And then Chicago, obviously, you had Dynasty.
0: Who did they play in finals in Chicago? Uh,
1: X Factor. Oh, X Factor. Yeah, they played X Factor there. Let me. I'm forgetting off the top of my head in Philly who Heat won against. Oh, Impact. Rush- they played Impact.
0: Was it Impact?
1: Yeah, let me double check just because I don't like this stuff to be wrong. But yeah, they, um, I believe it was Impact in the finals there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then Dynasty in Chicago and World Cup. Uh, yeah, it was Impact in the
0: finals in Philly. Okay, so Impact. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, you look at it, and then who Impact played, um, it was infamous and
1: yeah they played infamous and then uh we had two finals in a row where it was dynasty x-factor for chicago and
0: uh world cup man dude i mean so we're 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 talking about teams that have played in the finals um with the team yeah and then you have
1: heat in there you know where they you know of course they have their event win um and you know, they heat in terms of like preliminary play, I mean they had three events in a row, they went undefeated in preliminaries and like I think when I when I ran the record it was insane. It was like they went like forty seven and nine through their prelim games on points. Like just crazy dominance throughout the year in the preliminary rounds.
0: See, but what what is crazy with that is there's been so many times where I've seen teams squeak into the eighth slot for Sunday. And they are the ones who are either end up in finals or they win the tournament. Yeah. And I, I think, I think a dominant play through the pre- prelims is almost more mental for the other teams that could possibly play that team than it mm-hmm. is for the team who is actually in that position. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and for that reason, I don't know if I would, if I would say heat, um, Four team of the year, uh, I think. Yeah, you you might be the the biggest baddest badass in the prelims, but when it comes to Sunday, man, it's they've only had one, you know. And and not to say yeah. that that's a bad thing. Winning a tournament is a fucking chore, <laughs> and uh, it's no joke. But I I think with some of the more prominent teams like X Factor, Dynasty, uh, Impact. I think uh I mean I know infamous is in there too but like we've said they've they've showed up and were are not able to uh to really close it out and yeah. and I think that might be another reason why I would say infamous is out for team of the year. Um and I and I'm not trying to give it and look at it purely wins, right? Yeah, for sure. But you also have to I'm looking at it more as like a presence um on Sunday, late Sunday, mm-hmm. and
1: yeah, I think honestly, what hurts infamous as well is uh, they didn't really have like a kryptonite team this year either that was stopping them from winning events. Mm-hmm. Like every other team that we're looking at for team of the year, they lost to deep in on Sunday to not make the you know to either lose in the finals or not make the finals. Yeah. And I do think that hurts them a little bit in that regard too because they're one of the few teams that you can say they pretty much universally lost to everybody on Sunday in terms of the top teams in the league,
0: you know what I mean? It's almost like their kryptonite team was themselves.
1: Yeah, it's just I think again, it uh, penalties obviously hurt them a lot this year. I mean, they had a lot of penalties in big moments. Um, you know, and I think too, you know, some of it kind of falls into that style of play. I mean, you, you know how it is, Sunday, you got to play slow and they, yeah. you know, they struggle to not just want to always push the pace. Um, you
0: know, See, and I'm, I'm on the fence with that because I feel like slow play does come into play, but I feel like you also need to work with what works. You know, if yeah. you're doing something during the prelims, that's working. and But that, not to say that there doesn't need to be an adjustment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you, you go in with what is, is working on paper and, and working on the field. In the same way, because I mean, there's constant adjustments as you're going through, and maybe that was, I mean, fuck, maybe that was the, the the deal with Impact where they couldn't make the adjustment to what they what they knew was working coming through. Maybe they weren't able to make that quick enough of an adjustment for that Sunday, um, yeah, to be able to to swing it around for, for I mean for Cup in uh, particular. But uh, yeah, I would have to say between Dynasty. Um, dynasty x-factor and an impact
1: um. yeah and even um impact is a little tough because i mean they didn't even i mean they got like 10th place at world cup i mean that's got to notch your record a little bit in this conversation i think um because i think when you're talking team of the year you need to be a consistent like all year deep sunday team
0: uh whether yep. you're
1: winning the events or not you got to be there you know what i mean
0: so then i would almost take impact off off of the uh you know out of the running so you have you have x factor and you have dynasty and if you look at x if you look at the games if you look at the finals games in chicago and in at world cup dude it could have been any one of them
1: yeah it's wild it literally came down to single eliminations were the things that were affecting who won these events like it wasn't I mean, look at World Cup. I mean, they dynasty was down by two points at one point with like five and a half minutes left. You
0: know was what it mean? two? I thought it was. Games. I thought it was three. It might have been. two. Yeah, it was. Uh, at it was one three. point,
1: I think it was uh, five three, and they pushed it all oh, the way yeah. back and went up. They went up six five.
0: And look at two of those. Look at a specific two of those points that come into mind were the uh, the double buzzer with with Marcelo and Meter. That could have went either way. And then look at the point where uh, Brandon Short is in the snake against Archie. Archie And who is in the corner? Rainey or somebody Mm -hmm. else who's in the corner? It was a two-on-one, essentially. And imagine if – imagine – imagine if Brandon Short would have shot Archie. Not only shot Archie, but Archie got shot and then hit the buzzer, dirty hang. Yeah. And then – they start with four the next because i mean that would be it right they yeah, would end I mean, up having to start four. at
1: that point yeah
0: i mean and it's wild like you got and even seeing like the slow-mo footage of that
1: shot with short i mean his first shot actually missed and if it would have just been
0: two inches <laughs> to the left it you know it would have been it would have been right on right in time you know what i mean that was dude i saw the oh shit in his in his body language when short saw me i mean goes, you've been there what? before
1: like what? you kind of turn and look and you're like wait is that guy why is he over there you know it kind of throws you off for a second
0: yeah that was dude man that match was insane that was back and forth that was that was a uh an oh shit x factor's gonna take it oh shit dynasty's coming back oh shit it could be anybody's game and then you know yeah that was fun man that would that would be i don't know if you have it down for it but what game of the year
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I actually have um, on the awards, I actually am looking at two different X Factor Dynasty games uh, for game of the year just because they they just gave us two amazing games. I mean, they gave us um, one. They gave us a, ga- uh, a match in Florida in the Ocho Finals that was on par with the quality that the World Cup Finals was. It was just an all game back and forth slugfest. It was Skinny K versus Ryan Brand of who could outcoach the other. It was just an amazing game. And then uh, the World Cup final, I mean, that was, you know, maybe one of the best games I've seen in, you know, years, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, recall it. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it. I don't recall it. But a lot of the games that I've watched this year um, on Go Sports and ha- have been just insane, man. The paintball this year has been amazing, top-notch the players just everybody seemed to be on their game things have been coming together for underdog teams uh if you want to call them that um things have been coming together for for uh for teams like dynasty who who are have been just hoarding talent in themselves mm-hmm. and finally let it release uh factor has been, been uh has always honestly looking at it X factor has always been in the running at least the top four um
1: yeah because i mean like we talk about you know dynasties kind of big three that they've always had between greenspan Frazier and yosh i mean x-factors had the same thing i mean they've they basically had archie um and colt the whole way through just dominating for them you know what i'm saying i and, mean even you know you can almost like have billy in that conversation i mean he's been there 100%. almost a decade now
0: you know what i mean and and meter And meter. Yeah, I mean, look
1: at I mean, meter this year was like for the longest time. I just looked at him as one type of player. And then this year he was maybe like one of the best kind of counterpunch reactionary guys there was. I mean, he was starting a lot of points out of the back line and just closing games out for them.
0: Do you have him? Yes, you do. Okay, I was just going to say you have to have him down for something. And insert play of the year, Uh, I think, is the is the best title that uh that you could put him under because he's really he's really come into that he's really come into a solid solid two
1: yeah and like I mean when I look at something like an insert player I think the way I kind of differ that from just a guy that's you know just a center player or more of a defensive guy is like meter's a really good example of it like he's not a guy that's really ever postured offensively or defensively like he kind of Takes his spot off the break and then just kind of diagnoses the game on the fly the entire time And he's putting the pieces together in his head and He's always filling any of the gaps on his side and finding those spots to counter punch um, Yeah, you know, he's been really really good for them And I mean meters still like pretty young like I think meter might be my age or maybe slightly older So I mean they could see a lot of good years out of him yet
0: meters like 19 <laughs> he's, he's just he just continually he doesn't age man he's just continually gonna be 19 years old i mean
1: he's exactly what you want he's never injured he's always at a, playing at a high level he never gets penalties he never makes mistakes you know he's exactly what you want he's a vampire yeah i mean you, that's I mean, I, yeah but um let's even jump back so we don't get ahead of ourselves like we were talking about a uh, game of the year there was like mm. some weird ones too that i was kind of looking at for that Um, And one of those kind of weird ones being the NYX versus Energy game in Chicago, like it literally went like 18 points. And at one point, NYX was down like, I think like four points and they made this huge rally to almost come back and win the game. And it was just... It was really fun to watch because the entire game, it was just this overshooting kind of slugfest where every time a guy was getting shot out of the snake, he was getting walked off the field. And, you know, it was just (laughs) – it reminded me like if you really go back and watch this match from Chicago, it reminds me a lot of watching just an old school like X-Ball style match where it was just Mm -hmm. those games that were just ultra fast back and forth points like just running the same five guys out there just grinding through – um, and I think as a fan, it a, was a really fun game to watch. Whether the weight of that game affected the event or not, it was just a really good game.
0: So are you giving Hormesis headbands to all the players on Breakout Team of the Year and Game of the Year? You're giving headbands to everybody? Uh, for and then... <laughs>
1: game and team, I'm giving them to the owners just because I was like, man, I think for these awards alone, you know, you're talking you know, – you're giving out just inordinate amounts of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, going into future years, we're gonna get bigger and bigger with this, with the level of stuff we're giving away and including. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be wild because I mean, right, you'd be giving away 40 headbands between like three categories. So
0: you should you should make little pins that said "I did it." And then...
1: <laughs> Participation <laughs> bands for everybody.
0: Uh dude, it's so oh, man. Scrolling through this list is just looks like. Your eyeballs are going to fall out of your head with the decision making that you have to make and just how how and much paintball you've, you've only, had to watch.
1: You're only seeing the narrowed down five. <laughs> yeah, is... There was like 20 or 30 guys for these. And I mean, some of the awards are tough. Like when you look at something like, like offensive player of the year, there's like a lot of guys you can look at for that spot. It's mm-hmm. not just inherently like, I mean, say you look at something like snake player of the year it's pretty simple to look at four or five guys where you're just like, these are the elite of the league when it comes to a snake guy. Sure. Like I see like guys like Chad, George, Billy mouse, you know, Smotrov. These are the guys that are really, really good, but offensive play of the year. I mean, there's guys on bad teams that are huge offensive weapons. They just don't have the team around them. Um, so that category, I mean, I've literally probably spent like 30 or 40 hours discussing that category with various people kind of narrowing it down. And that one was a fight for sure.
0: Um, yeah. yeah,
1: just the list, man. There's um, there's a lot of hitters on there, man. You could build some good teams out of the names on these lists.
0: So as far as Icon of the Year, what what characteristics did you really need to hone in on to, to identify or be a part of the group of Icon of the Year?
1: Yeah, man, so that's the big one. Uh, we announced Tyler so far, and I'm keeping all the other ones quiet for now. And the mm-hmm. Tyler announcement wasn't going to happen originally. Uh, but he's just been so good this year. There's just like it's undoubtedly he's that guy. But basically, kind of what the like, the icon of the year kind of incorporates. It's a really all encompassing thing. Is like an everything sort of guy. Like a you need to just be a by far elite talent at, you know, multiple things. Like I when you look at something like Snake Player of the Year, Dorito player, insert, these are guys that are really elite kind of positional players. But the guys when you look at something like the icon kind of word, like you need guys that are killer gunfighters like in a really elite level of poise to where they're never going to crumble when the situation calls for it. You want guys that have super high IQs. They can play any spot on the field. Um, you know, and then to a lesser extent, I also kind of looked at off the field stuff for this. I looked at like what is their impact – uh, you on know, the pro game as a whole and the pro league as a whole, what are they doing to better the sport? All these kind of things that kind of encompass truly being an icon. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the kind of guy you can look back in 20 years and say, you know, this guy was, you know, the best in class for his error. Um, you know, and I'm, again, I'm trying to keep the names under wraps right now, but you can oh, yeah, kind yeah. of see looking at the list, uh, Dude. you know, these are the type of guys that just, they kind of all fit that mold of just, I kind of look at it like the guys There's a one-on-one for your life. These are the guys you're picking. You know what I mean? That makes, I think, the list a lot clearer. uh, Because, you know, when you're kind of just having fun, going back and forth, talking about who the best guys in the league are, you know, a lot of names get thrown out. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're in a 1v1 with your life on the line, there's a few guys you're probably going to pick. And that might be it. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. So I'm sure um, some people would like to hear, are we going to announce... Anything on this uh, on the podcast as far as some winners for some categories?
1: Um, one that I definitely think uh, we should talk about for a winner is creator of the year. And mm-hmm. I think this is a really good one to talk about just because, again, naturally, you as a creator, you've been one of the best in the game over, you know, the course of the last, what, five or six years now at this point. Um, and I mean, you kind of led the way in that category as well in terms of just defining what the interview styles and how podcasts are in the games. So I think you're a really good person to kind of bring in and talk about this, um, you know. We've kind of put votes in on this and kind of narrowed it down in, but I also wanted to get your take on it before we kind of announced everything because um, 'cause I'm sure you've had a chance to kind of look at the guys in that category. um mm-hmm. you know, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what you thought about this category before we announced the
0: winner <sighs> man, um first off, I think that creator of the year is. The subject matter itself is something that not only brings the the hard game and, and and very confusing game of paintball to a a level where it's digestible, right? I think that's what's I think that's what creators do, right? They they take this thing and they take this chaos and they turn it into something that's that's di- digestible. And it's so hard to decipher who is a better creator or how this would rank because each of these individuals does such a key job of, of being themselves and doing their, their talent so well and bringing it to the public that even putting them all in the same category has to be tough, right? Because they all do such a different job and they all do it so well. Um, but what, uh, man dude what brian wolf has been doing what uh
1: i mean verbal has been like crazy this year dude i mean he was like i didn't even know that guy's name last year and he is maybe some of the highest quality still photo work like i've ever seen in the sport you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and he's doing these crazy clips where he's putting like tens of thousands of pictures together in clips to almost make these like moving image videos, but they are just actually all a bunch of individually
0: shot photos and it's amazing. Yeah. And, and CJ, I wish I would have saw more out of you than just that, uh, that GI. I'm sure you got more in the works, man, but, uh, CJ, amazing talent. But, uh, but David Quitman from HK, uh, he has put out some amazing, I mean, just HK with media in general, is you, you always know it's high quality and it's and it's amazing. And uh what he's done has put a very high a high marker on what uh what just watchable paintball stuff is now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I mean what the guy's of the last decade the guy's the most viewed videographer there is in the entire sport, you know what I mean? He's been grinding for since 2004 in Southern California filming what eventually became the Hostile Kids, you know what I mean? He's a mm-hmm. he's an iconic guy.
0: Yeah. Um, scrolling down, Rye Guy Media. With-
1: Huge. I mean, the guy has hundreds of millions of views on his videos this year, and he came out of nowhere. He mm-hmm. was literally not on the radar last year, and in a year, he's become the most viewed video guy by a mile. I mean, he just he released a video of Tyler from World Cup that has like 15 million views already. It's really? insane. Yeah, it's inordinate the level of views this guy is getting, and he's doing it in a very simple way. I mean, it was very popular for a long time for guys to make these heavily edited clips with soundtracks and all this stuff in it, and he just looked at it and said, you know, I'm just going to show raw paintball of what it is. I'm just going to show really amazing moves, the athleticism that it takes, these crazy kind of marker skills the guys have, and he just shows it in really simple ways in like 15 to 20 second clips, and... You know, it's wildly popular. I mean, you got to think with 15 million views, that's not all paintball players. That's a lot of non-paintball people that he's exposing to the game.
0: That's a lot of eyeballs. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for have...
1: sure. And then obviously you got the PTG guys on yeah. the list, Marcelo and Tyler.
0: Dude, and they have they really took advantage of uh, of the idea of doing this together for in in during 2020. And the amount, not only the podcast itself, which is, which is truly great, but also the amount of just hype around it that they built and that they have really kind of brought in and built their community, um, it has been just hands down, I think some of the coolest stuff that they put out and, and I think they've done an amazing job with, uh, with the podcast platform.
1: Yeah. And I think it's big too with those guys, um, kind of off your, I like, like to call it the Carl tree of podcasting, because a lot of guys have <laughs> kind of, you know, came off of what the, the style you built. I mean, you end along with them, like, really good podcasts that just bringing out history of the game that, you know, as of now is just word of mouth kind of stuff or just stories you hear or whatever. Um, and again, without stats, that's huge. It's what yep. you're talking about figuring out who was the best or who wasn't and these kind of things like these stories are huge cause they kind of give us a little picture into that history, uh, you know, of what the game was and what it will be.
0: Yeah. And I, I know how awesome it was to be able to play the game at the highest level and then sit down and talk about it and, and bring people mm-hmm. in. It's sure as hell. It's, it's not as easy, not, you know, not playing and then trying to keep up with everything and, and, uh,
1: when you have the pressure too of doing it alone, man, it must, it's hard doing it when it's, uh, you know, you don't have that partner to bounce things off of and, you know, keep the silence
0: away. But I think that's what's great with with Tyler and Marcelo's chemistry. I think that's why it works so well, right? Is there, there's such two dynamic and different personalities and interviewers and podcasters. And I think that that's the dynamic really makes um, PTG what it is and, and why it's so just it draws you in and and keeps you listening and the amount of information that they have the amount of experience that they have with now podcasting but also playing with the amount of personnel that they know and the the years that they've been playing and been around the game is is unmatched so you know they they just have a great platform and i think that they really truly ran with it
1: yeah for sure and then uh Obviously, the last one we have then um, is Chris Haas, Chris Diltz, Dan Meridian, and Dan Napoli with the uh, the team with Famous that did that amazing uh, book. You know what I mean? That was uh, they really dug out through the history of their archives and did something special from the Golden Air. Yeah, there you go. You got it right yeah, there. I've
0: got yeah, I've got mine right here. I'm going to be completely honest. I started to doubt it a little bit. Um, Coming out? Come well, not because I feel like there was such a hype around it that it was, oh, oh, yeah, dude, man, can't wait, can't wait, and then it got pushed back, and then it got pushed back, and then it, obviously out of their control. I mean, nothing nothing to do with them, but it was like, it's like one of those things where it's like you have this shoe, this sneaker, and you hype it up and you hype it up, and then everybody's excited for it, but then you don't release it until like two years down the road or something. <laughs> you it kind of forget it, about it does it, it, but... it, it's it. And not that it came out lackluster. It came out and completely... Blew away what I had even imagined what it was going to be.
1: Oh, for um, sure. I mean, I looked at this. um I mean, I was kind of in the same boat, and I'm like a huge paintball history kind of snob. I have a massive magazine and media collection. Like, when it was, you know, delaying and delaying, I was like, oh man, I'm so worried this is just going to come out and it's not going to be, you know, whatever. And then, literally, from the first page I opened it up, you just get like goosebumps because you're instantly taken back to just like, this was my childhood like I feel that same feeling again I did when I used to walk into a Kmart and get, you know, a paint magazine that off the rack, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it was incredible. It was so far beyond expectations to me and then like having that Lost Roles book in there with all those extra yep. cool
0: photos and Dude, it it was so having something physical and being able to flip through it like we did with the older magazines. Mm-hmm. I really feel bad for the generations that are not going to have something like this Mm -hmm. or 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 they wouldn't be able to really kind of uh respect what it was like or have a have an inkling of what it was like to have something to be able to flip through it and have something physical that you can hang on to and that you can kind of refer to um, and touch and feel and just, I, I think it brings more of a feeling into it and it makes it that much more kind of relatable because you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're touching it and you're feeling it and you're flipping physically through the pages and you're, you're just, I don't know, it's, it's a different feeling. And when mine arrived and I started reading through it and I started looking at all the pictures and just, yeah, it did the same thing. It brought me back and I, I, I love it, man. I think it's, I think it's great. <laughs> I think uh somebody uh, not to kind of delve away from from these guys but I think who who began to kind of wanted to bring it back and who never really I think got the credit did get the credit but didn't was um Brad from Inside the Net. I think he yeah. he really Um, started something like that. His still, his still work was amazing. Um, his magazines that he came out with are amazing. Unfortunately, I don't think they took off like they should have. Um, and I mean, you know how it is, man. It's really, really hard to
1: be a media person in paintball. And I mean, um, you know, it's you even talk about the guys who are at the top of the top of like the we'll say the quote unquote world in terms of these paintball media guys. It's really hard to make money at it. Uh, yeah. because, you know, people want all of it for free. They don't want to pay for anything. Um yep. you know, guys that are fine going out and spending a thousand dollars on a gun or a headband are the same guys that, you know, won't spend twenty dollars on, you know, a full season review with incredible still work. You know what I mean? It's uh yep. it's certainly tough, you know. Um and again, like you said, it's a shame uh, just because you definitely absorb that physical media different. I mean, you know what it is? Like, you've probably done it as much as me and anyone else. Like, you're on your phone. You just kind of scroll through everything. It just you barely register the stuff in your head. But like with these older like books and magazines, I mean, you're like you're reading every page. You're detail like a detailed look at all these photos and the little things about them. And you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just it's different.
0: Yeah, you have to. It's it's not as fast to flip a page than it is to. To scroll through something, yeah, so, sure. yeah, there's a little bit more effort. But bringing it back to to uh, to Dan, uh, you know, Dan, Dan, Chris, Chris. There's so many repetitive names, <laughs> <to that. laughs> but uh, all the guys that were involved in famous, I think, did uh, did a great job, and I I will very much treasure it. And um, yeah, I, I think I think all of these guys are doing a tremendous amount of of work and i i hope everybody that is on the list knows that it's not going uh to the wayside that people truly appreciate everything that they're putting out and to have a category like this i think is amazing and uh to you know getting some 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 recognition for uh time spent off the field
1: yeah for sure so uh yeah that's uh i liked hearing your kind of takes on everything it's actually funny because that really kind of that's all the exact, basically all the exact reasons we looked at these guys were kind of the thought process you had on it. Um, so I talked, uh, when I looked to do the kind of the non-player awards, the kind of way I did, uh, voting a little differently was I just tried to talk to as many people as possible to kind of just get thoughts and opinions, essentially like, you know, votes from all of these different kind of guys and just mm-hmm. kind of see where they stood on it. Um, And surprisingly, um, it was way closer than I thought it'd be. I kind of thought these kind of more visible guys were going to be the ones that kind of pulled away. Uh, But it actually ended up being pretty close. Uh, And super happy to announce the winner of our first award for the inaugural Iconic Awards for 2021 is Marcelo and Tyler with Play the Game Podcast for Creator of the Year.
0: Hey, (laughs) that's awesome. It's cool that a platform too like this, like podcasting, um, is so relative to everybody. You know, and people are really latching onto it, and and really taking a liking to uh, to the the audible side of the game. Oh,
1: for sure! And to me, this is what the legacy of I think that kind of hard in your hand media is kind of living through. This is still the story based kind of get you all the little weird tidbits you don't get to see in photos and videos and all this stuff. And again, that's why I've always been a huge fan of you and I've always, you know, loved all of your work just because you were kind of the guy that did this. I mean, no one did this before you and very few have been able to do it anywhere near as well as you after.
0: Well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, don't be the first to do it. Just be the one who's better at it. And I think, (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: you're still better than pretty much everybody at it, man. Uh,
0: You know, I, Honestly, man, I just like having conversations with people, and I think that's one thing that uh, that Tyler and Marcelo excel at. And congratulations to those guys, and I'm I'm so glad that they were able to uh, to take what they've built and and really build a community and 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 build a following. And I think that they only have you know upwards to go.
1: Yeah, for sure. And again, like I said, that was a big part um, with everything. I mean, being a creator encompasses everything. I mean, your, it's your physical ability to create content, your ability to foster communities within the sport and kind of grow it um, in a unique way through your media. And those guys just did it uh, in a way that I think, you know, went beyond what all the other nominees were doing, you know?
0: Yeah, yep, I agree. Congratulations, boys.
1: Yeah, for sure, guys. Congrats. Uh, we'll get your headbands and your trophies and stuff all ready for you.
0: <laughs> That's awesome, man. And you know what? I, I would like to say uh, thank you for, for bringing some. I think, I think you and, and what you're doing and the amount of time and passion that you're putting into something like this. I think um, I would like to say that you are uh, one of the creators of the year. Uh, for kind of what you're putting forward and what you're putting that. out with, and I, I, I truly think that building something like this uh, is not easy, and it, I know it takes a lot of time and a lot of research. And I think you're you're doing something that is truly needed, and I think you're doing it in in, in almost flawless way.
1: I appreciate that, man, and talking not to go off topic man. talk about research it's wild i think people really underestimate how much time some of this stuff takes i mean i have times i spend like 40 minutes trying to find like a 20 second clip to confirm if something happened or not when i'm writing a story or something oh, You know yeah. what i mean it's it's wild i mean you know about it so yeah i appreciate that man
0: no absolutely man it's none of this would be would be happening if it uh if it wasn't on your shoulders For sure, not to man, put any pressure it. to keep it going but Fuck, man, this is That's my number one
1: thing, man. I'm hoping as I go forward, I can start to kind of bring other people in so I can ensure that these things survive going forward and, you know, we keep
0: getting good content out and just kind of, you know, trying to highlight the history of the sport. Well, you know that, and and I hope you know this, that if there's anything that I could ever do to help kind of get things out there for you and to help keep the thing alive, uh, you know that I've always, uh, I'm always here for you, man.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. you always be one of the first guys I hit up for everything. I think you are one of the first people I hit up in general for anything uh, I've done with Iconic, with the awards and everything. I've kind
0: of always really valued your opinion with everything. I Well, dude, I greatly appreciate that um, because I feel like I just talk nonsense most of the time, <laughs> but, it, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm, – I'm very honored uh, that you would say something like that.
1: For sure. And your opinion on Seven, man, matches mine, so – <laughs> you know, that makes you pretty much a legend in my book.
0: Uh, you're a little biased on that because, you know, Sevman is pretty damn good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Um, is there anything else you, that you, you'd like to talk about or uh, go over?
1: Nah, man, we can keep in touch. I mean, you know, there's a lot of... We have, you know, 10 more categories we're going to be doing here uh, in, the, in the coming, you know, two weeks or so. Um, I'm going to do some kind of cool giveaways in with that so I'm sure me and you can kind of catch up again. Uh, I certainly... Uh, want to catch up with you when we kind of do the winner announcement stuff I definitely want to try to do a bunch of the winner announcements with you um, I think it'd be awesome to kind of do a live show and uh, bring some of these guys in and talk to them and stuff
0: with you and you For know sure. well let's hang so out let's awesome. um let's wrap up let's wrap up this episode and then let's chat after this uh and kind yeah, of go sure. into a little bit more detail Yeah. I have
1: a couple other really cool things uh, I've been mean, keeping secret with the awards Ooh. that I want to run by you before I reveal them I, I love secrets I love
0: <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Tyler and Marcelo, for uh, for Creator of the Year, and also to all the nominees that we talked about uh, today. I think uh, I think everybody has done an amazing job. Paintball has been amazing this year, and uh, we'll see we'll see everybody soon.
1: For sure, man. Appreciate your time.
0: No worries. Take care, man. We'll see you soon. See ya. There you have it. Congratulations, Marcelo and Tyler. Play the Game podcast. It's cool to see this platform really take off and uh, and, and people really enjoy it. And they have done an amazing job at it. And uh, another big shout-out, to also to everybody who was nominated. It, it's just completely and utterly mandatory that everybody keep working and bringing amazing content. To, uh, to the surface, and to the public. We, we just keep it round, man. Keep playing, and keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. Also, big shout out to Quinn. Keep at it, brother. You're doing an amazing job. Uh, make sure everybody goes to iconicpaintball.com and checks everything out that uh, that Quinn puts up there, whether it be the awards. He also puts amazing articles uh, on his site. He's great insight, man. Watches a lot of paintball and has a lot of input from uh, from a lot of the higher ups in paintball and a lot of people who watch a lot. Of paintball. I said paintball a lot, and that's it. But uh, yeah, keep on it, man. And uh, and thank you, everybody out there who plays and everybody out there who listens. Uh, completely grateful for the sport itself and for all the support uh, that just everybody gives to each other. It's amazing, it's ruthless, it's awesome to be a part of. Uh, another big shout out to Charm City uh, Paintball. Make sure you check out his amazing quality just one-off unique uh, headbands and head wraps. If you want to pick one up, hit them up. You'll find something that you will like, I promise you. And also to Melovio, the CBD company who's making it happen, who has amazing product, and will not let you down. M-E-L-L-O-V-E-O dot com. T-P-O-P for a 15% off. Uh, And to everybody out there, thank you for listening. Keep up the good work. Keep at it. Love you all. And uh, make sure not to text and drive. Keep your eyes on the road. Keep your ears open for podcasts like this one. And play the game. And congratulations again. We'll see you guys here soon on Playing On Podcast. Peace.